episode of Saintly Witnesses, where I talk to the Catholic behind the account. Today, I'm speaking with Tamaya, who is a social work student, uh, and she has this really popping um, handmade gemstone uh, bracelets that she makes called Inspired by Iman Designs, which is really great. You should check that out on Etsy. And today, she's just going to come on and talk about her faith journey and give us some information about how she plans on inserting her Catholic faith into um, social work. So thank you for coming on today and um, sharing your story with us. And thank you for inviting me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just a quick piece on how I always start these things on how people, how we get acquainted is that I think I've followed a, a good decent amount of people who are social work majors or social workers. And I'm just always, as a social work major myself, not a classified or licensed social worker, I always am inspired by other people who take up that challenge to be a social worker or to get their degree in social work because I think social work majors have a unique perspective to offer um, and how to evaluate the various systems in society and have a deep closer look at the person in, in the society. So I was really eager to speak to Tamaya and hear her perspective about her Catholic faith and how she plans on inserting that in her, um, her work as a future social work major. So, yeah. So let's get started with the first question. Um, you told me that you are a convert to the Catholic church. So tell us your faith journey. Tell us from, you know, early ages, middle to now, give us your, your faith journey recap. Okay. So when I was younger, I mean, ever since I can remember, I've always been in church. So my parents always made sure that we were, um, you know, in church on Sundays and Wednesday nights and, you know, always did Bible study with us um, in the home whenever we were in church and always had church family and friends around and things like that. So um, I think I would, I had, I could say that I had a very good foundation um, when it comes to my faith and I grew up non-denominational. So my parents are really big on not identifying with any labels when it came to the faith. So, um, you know, so people would ask, you know, what denomination are you or what kind of church do you go to? And my parents would just say, oh, just tell them that we're believers, you know, because it gets complicated whenever you get into, <laughs> you know, the theology and all that stuff. Just tell them that we believe in Jesus. So, you know, in my mind, that made sense, you know, especially because I was young and I didn't really understand theology like that. So I was like, okay. So, um, you know, that's how what I went with. And during my teen years, um, one of my parents kind of had like a, a faith crisis. So it kind of got a little bit more difficult, um, you know, for us to all go to church as a family and, um, you know, things like that. So I kind of fell off at that point and was kind of on and off with attending church and reading my Bible on my own. So it was it was very much on and off for a long time until I was about mm, maybe not 18, 19. Yeah, around that age. Um, and then that's when I kind of decided, okay, 
you know, I need to figure out what this faith means to me, you know, walking with Jesus means to me on my own. You know, I don't, I don't want people to say, well, why do you believe in Jesus or why do you go to church and just tell them the same things that my parents say, or, or just tell them, you know, because my parents did it, you know what I mean? So I thought it was really important for me to go find that on my own. And I, I wanted to make it a point to seek God to the fullest, to the fullest extent. So, um, one day I was, I was supposed to be doing my chemistry homework because <laughs> I was in college and, um, I was on Tumblr and I don't know if you're familiar with Tumblr. Um, it's like a, a blog site. And one of the people that I was following was talking about Reformation Day and, you know, everybody was talking about Martin Luther. And for the most part, everybody who I followed was, um, they were all Protestants. So they were all celebrating. And then there was that one post where somebody was like, you know, complaining about it because they were talking about how Martin Luther removed seven books from the Bible. And when I tell you that my whole world flipped upside down when I read that, <laughs> I was like, what are they talking about? I've never heard this before. What seven books are they talking about? Where are they? What was wrong with them? Things like that. So everything that I was doing and focusing on with my homework before that was just completely went out the window. I had to have answers to this. You know, I couldn't let it go. So, um, so yeah, I started doing my research then. And that is how I found out that those seven books were still in the Catholic Bible. So then I'm thinking, okay, what, what do I know about Catholicism? You know, I really didn't know a whole lot. Um, you know, I had seen like some of the imagery and, you know, have heard somewhat about the Pope, but I really didn't know anything about it, you know. Um, and what little I did know was based off of misconceptions, like, oh, they worship Mary, and the Pope is, you know, not God, so, you know, the way that Catholic people, you know, look up to him is disrespectful to God, things like that. Um, but yeah, so when I started doing my research on those seven books in the Bible and finally came to a point where I cleared up, okay, <clears throat> um, where they came from and why they were removed and things like that, I was like, okay, well, that cleared up a lot. But, you know, now I want to know what else I don't know or misunderstood about the church. And so that led me down a rabbit hole on YouTube and things like that and that's how I discovered um you know I, I really want to become Catholic because you know after I started doing all of that I was getting I was getting into it really deeply so whenever I would go back to my non-denominational church it just didn't feel right you know I was sitting there and I'm like I know too much now like I, I my bible is not complete that means the teachings are not complete. So, and like I said, remember, I, I wanted to make it a point to seek God to the fullest. And I'm thinking, how can I do that if, you know, I'm somewhere where the, the Bible is not even complete? You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, that was what started my journey. And um, at that point, I was in community college. So when I graduated from there and found out that I got into the university I applied to. 
the first thing I did was looking to see where the nearest Catholic church was and try to figure out how I could get there because um, I knew what, so from what little bit I mentioned to my parents about me finding out about the Bibles in the, um, or the Bible being incomplete, they were not feeling that <laughs> at all. So, um, so I knew me converting had to be something that I would have to do on my own when I got out, you know, to my university. So that's what I did. I emailed them and I told them, hey, you know, I've been doing my research for about a year now and I'm really interested in joining RCIA, but I don't have a car because it was a, the, between the church and the school that I go to, there's a little bit of distance. So I knew I was going to need help. So, um, but they hooked me up with a lady who lives here in the neighborhood, or not the neighborhood, but in the city and was like, okay, you know, we got you. Um, we can coordinate rides and um, and times for you to come to RCIA. So, yep. Um, so that's how I got started, and that's how I um, came into the faith. So, yep. Man, you mentioned something that was really uh, it's kind of funny, but it's not funny. But about being fooled, it's like now that you know this information about Protestantism and Catholicism, um, you don't want to go back to what you knew before. It's like, well, now that I know better, why would I stay here sort of thing? And I think I felt that too at one point. And it was kind of funny. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, when did you get confirmed in the church or are you still waiting confirmation? So I got confirmed last year at Easter. Cool, cool, cool. Well, welcome home. It's a fresh Catholic, too. Uh, next part, you mentioned about studying and figuring out, you know, the, the Deutero-Canonical books and how that influenced your investigation and hunger for truth. Was there anything else that really um, uh, figure or teaching or somebody in the faith that really had, like, a strong impact on you or an influential impact? Um, so the history most definitely impacted, um, my decision to come into the church. There was just no way around, um, there was just no way around knowing that it was the original church that Jesus established that really made me think, okay, this is most definitely a place where I can seek him to the fullest because this is where it started. And you know, the roots are still very much there um, and things like that. And then also some of the saints too. Now that was, those experiences for me are so funny because of the way they happened. So um, during my research and, you know, during the time when I was actually in RCIA, it just seemed like certain saints would pop up all the time <laughs> or little things would lead me um to certain saints and it would be on very specific days so the first time um it happened I was I remember the Holy Spirit you know really telling me hey you need to um focus on pursuing holiness you know every day and so I was like okay well you know I prayed for guidance and you know I stayed in the word and things like that and 
this is when St. Jose, Jose Maria Escriva started popping up everywhere. And I was thinking, who is that? You know, I've never heard that name before. I've never seen him before. I need to figure out who that is. So I think I saw him or his name in his quotes like five times in one day on Twitter. So I'm like, let me go look. <laughs> like, this is a sign or something. It has to be. And sure enough, um, the day that I looked him up was June 26th, which is his his feast day. And I found out that um, that he he started Opus Day, which is you know founded on pursuing holiness daily in like the little things. And so I'm like, no way. There's there's absolutely no way that it lined up that perfectly for me, you know. Um, and that said a lot, you know. And I remember when I got to RCIA and started asking about confirmation saints. Um, they were saying, you know what, like, you don't, there are some, there are going to be some times where you find your saint, and then there are going to be times where they found, they find you, and that was definitely one of those moments where, you know, I was found, so, yep, those are most definitely, um, some really important moments as I was converting and learning about the Catholic Church that made me think, okay, yeah, this is definitely where the Holy Spirit is leading me. Oh, that's wonderful news and how nothing is ever coincidental. It's always God directed and uh, planned. So uh, I definitely right. can see how God planned and orchestrated the events behind the scene to get you to figure out and see Jose Escriva's feast day and um, all that good stuff. That's wonderful to hear. Um, so next question is, what would you say to somebody who is discerning the Catholic faith, just as you converted to the Catholic Church, what would you say to somebody who is um, who wants to make that, that decision? Um, I would most definitely say to take it all one day at a time <laughs> and um, pray that the Holy Spirit leads you to understanding. And um, yeah, because it's it's a lot to learn. And it's really easy to feel overwhelmed with the things you learn, um, especially if you're coming from a Protestant background, because, you know, back then for me, it was just, it was just the Bible, right? But when you come into the church, it's really important to know the Bible and the catechism. So that was, oh, and a, a lot of the spiritual readings from the saints, um, things like that. So it's, like I said, really easy to get overwhelmed with trying to keep up with that and learn everything because it kind of feels like you're starting from scratch. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's what I would say. Thank you. That's wonderful wisdom. I'm sure that's, I'm sure they can definitely assist somebody in their search for truth. Uh, let's go to the next part, which is where we explore the human interest, you know, hobby, passion uh, portion. So as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, you are studying social work and, you know, I love social work. And although I don't work in a traditional social work setting, I still impart many of the values and, um, you know, ethics in my line of work as, as an educator. So I'm wondering mm. what influenced you to pursue social work as a, a career? Was it, you know, interactions with people growing up or was it just like 
the gospel of Christ convicting you to, um, you know, be selfless or what was it? Um, so honestly, it was really a lot of the people that were around me that influenced me to even check out social work. Well, initially, um, when I was younger, when I was trying to figure out, you know, what career I wanted to pursue in high school, um, because I was getting to that point where it's like, hey, like, you're almost done with high school. My parents are wondering, you know, what I was going to go for. And so I remembered, I remembered seeing on TV and, you know, different movies, social workers helping people, especially with families and things like that. But it was always with CPS. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, like, I, I really want to help people on a wide scale like they do. But at the same time, I don't want to do CPS. And that's kind of what everybody around me was saying, you know, like, oh, they, all they do is CPS. Are you sure you want to do that? There's a lot involved with that. And, um, you know, and a lot of people were also saying, you know, they don't get money for that and things like that. You want to pick something that, will, you know, will, you know, make you some money. So I'm like, okay, so I don't know why I didn't think to do any research on it or, you know, reach out to somebody who was already in the field. But um, I just kind of took everybody's word for it. You know, they were all very close family and friends. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, they're looking out for me and, you know, have my best interests. So I trust them, you know. Um, So that led me to like I said, look for something where I can help people on a wide scale. And I was also interested in health and, um, and of course, something that would make me some money. So I thought, oh, okay, maybe it's nursing. So I pursued nursing for, let's see, about three years, three, four years. And I was very much passionate about it, but at the same time, never really felt like I got that confirmation from God that, yes, this is it. This is where you're supposed to be, you know? So, yeah. So I never really felt like I got that, that confirmation as, as much as I was praying for it, you know, asking for signs and things like that. And, um, yeah, it just seemed like every, the more I got closer to pursuing that degree, something would happen and, you know, just completely take me away from it. So about the second or third time that happened, I was like, okay, this is, this is the sign that I'm praying for. And I think I wasn't really aware of it being a sign because I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, nursing is hard for everybody. You know, it's not a breeze for anyone that I know, even, even the smartest people in the field, you know, so I'm thinking this experience is normal. But like I said, um, I just didn't think it was normal, you know, where, with how many times I was trying to get close to it and would almost just get knocked off, you know. So I'm thinking, okay, well, um, I accept that and I need to look for another field where, again, I can focus on health and helping people on a wide scale. So a lot of people that I've met here at my university were social ma- social work majors. And I just kind of noticed, you know, they all have something about them. You know, I, I just really like 
their spirits and you know how passionate they are about helping people and that's when I was like you know like what do you guys do what do you guys study why are you guys there and the more I heard their stories the more I was like okay that sounds you know really interesting I want to get into that too um but I don't want to be a CPS worker you know I was still stuck on that and they were like oh no like that's not that's not that's one of very very many um roles you can take as a social worker so um I found that that was true because um I think maybe like a couple of days later I was on Facebook and somebody posted this picture saying you know oh what can you do as someone with a social work degree and it listed it had to have like at least 45 50 different types of jobs on there and I was like whoa this is okay this is definitely opening something up because then I started doing research on the different roles and things like that and um you know I I looked into perinatal social work which is absolutely perfect because it focused on um it focuses on helping moms um, who are pregnant um, before, during, and after, um, and, you know, their children, and that was what I really wanted to focus on, so, so, yep, um, that's, that's how I got there. Wow, I'm glad you got in contact with some like very key people at your campus and they you know shared the joy and enthusiasm of what it means to you know serve and it was contagious and it came to you so that's good um so something that I'm curious about is you know what are some of the experiences that you've had you know leading up to I guess being a social worker have you like volunteered or performed like some examples of service or anything like that um I have so um I'm in I was involved in a couple of different organizations on my campus so at one point I was on a dance team um right now I'm in the Caribbean Student Union um what else um a woman organization so all of those organizations um required us to you know, step up in service roles and things like that. And then even outside of those, um, I enjoyed volunteering with Red Cross and, um, and like I said earlier, with the care center and things like that. So, so yeah. That's cool. That's good to know. So how do you plan on, you know, how do you see yourself infusing your Catholic faith with um, the social work? profession like how do you how do you plan on you know using those two together because you outlined a very good um you know outlook that you have working with postpartum moms and children and stuff like that so yeah right um so i i really love how our faith intersects with the values of social work um especially through our catholic social teachings um, and it just kind of feels like it comes natural to me because I value those things like dignity of the human person, the call to family and community participation, and, um, you know, options for the poor and the vulnerable. So, 
um, when I realized that those things aligned pretty much almost word for word with the code of ethics and the values of social work, you know, it just seemed like a perfect fit and something like I, I could naturally thrive in. Wow, that's cool. I definitely would agree that, you know, the social work profession and Catholic social teaching have a lot of mirrored um, values and the way you can insert them is abundant. So, yeah, it's only the sky's the limit in what you can do when you insert those two together. Um, right. Yeah, so uh, that's going to conclude this interview and I definitely appreciate you coming through. And something I wrote down um, I always like the end with like a note or something I noticed, but you said, you said it twice and you said at the earlier first half of the, the, the conversation about seeking him to the fullest and um, how you did that, you know, through your various investigations, whether that was your second attempt, seeking him to the fullest in the Catholic, Catholic church, or that was, um, you know, when you were just navigating the waters of, you know, trying to make the faith your own apart from parental guidance and so you say seek him to the fullest I just thought that was uh, a beautiful um, a call to action for us you know God has given us a mind and he's given us faith and proofs around us to find him and search him and um, you know it's our duty uh, with our soul to that God has given us to to seek him to the fullest and um, I think you you through your story you've done that well and even with your aspirations as a social worker and like the outlook that you have and you wanting to insert Catholic social teaching, um, I definitely will um, allow you to seek him to the fullest. So yeah, that's really powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. So this is going to conclude this episode of Saintly Witnesses and make sure you guys continue to keep um, our guests in your prayers and make sure you check out her uh, Etsy account too that has the really popping um, handmade gemstone bracelets that are really uh, uh, adorable. So yeah, that's going to conclude this episode. See you guys next time.